Welcome into another edition of New Track Record. Caleb Hatch and Justin Kinney with you. Hello, Justin. Hello, Caleb. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing. It's uh, race week. Uh, spring is quite nice. It's weird that it's warmer in Indiana than it's in Long Beach, right? For so, now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll yes. change come Sunday. Yes, it will. But we're enjoying a nice stretch of warm and sunny weather here in northeast indiana it will soon end but we'll enjoy it while it lasts yes well we'll be sad watching long beach and perfect weather come sunny (laughs) and i think it's supposed to rain here go figure uh coming up this week on the show we will have uh more insight rumors a lot to take away as far as indy 500 and bumping we'll get to that uh first plus preview of long beach and also some indy 500 betting odds have come out we'll take a look at those numbers as well. That's all to come on this week's episode. So starting off the story that Marshall Pruitt had last week on racer.com Friday. Uh, so right after our episode, of course, sometimes that's how these things work. Yes, but, it does. Uh, 34th, any 500 entry taking shape for Enerson. Now we always figured RC Enerson would probably be one in, uh, in one of those extra entries if they were to materialize, but able Motorsports a team competing in the series formerly known as Indy Lights, uh, they're they're not going to run Jacob Abel, and we never thought that, right? I, I right. thought it seemed a little too far-fetched, but uh, they uh, are working with Neil and R.C. Enerson uh, to give R.C. another shot at making the field in a Chevy-powered car. Because, again, we, we think that Honda is full, at least as far as their 17 entries, and probably won't do an 18th. So... Enerson tried with Top Gun in 2021 um, with with an entry there. Did not work out. He's raced in five IndyCar races, though, over the years with Dale Coyne Racing and Carlin Racing. Um, couldn't qualify for the 500. Um, they did compete, though, in the second Indianapolis road course race that year. Uh, they did get back their chassis in the spare from Top Gun, so then they started to try to figure out what would be next for them after this, and that looks like a pairing with Able Motorsports is next. So the understanding is that getting an engine, not really going to be much of an issue for this team, but RC Anderson, Able Motorsports, that would make 34, and that's the most concrete option that we have at the moment as far as extra entries. And... I was last week talking about this. Oh, man, that, that 34th is tough because if it's not with an established team, it could be very much a bumped car. And that's kind of what I'm looking at it with here. I, I admire the attempt to try to put something together. I just don't know if it's wise, to be honest. Able Motorsports, I, I think patience is a virtue. And I think them naturally moving up to something they can they can put together long-term maybe even partner with an existing team, even if it's an indie only entry, as opposed to here we are in mid-April trying to put something together for the test in a couple weeks, let alone qualifying and all that. It just seems sort of rushed. And I know I know the allure of the, of the 500 is there, and especially if there's an engine lease available with Chevy, which we think there is. But man, it's very difficult for me to, if I'm a, f- a financier to back this effort, considering it's going to be a, a thrown together effort, then you're looking at crew members, who's running the team, who's the engineers, the crew, all that stuff. Well, they would be graduating essentially their 
Able Motorsports crew and moving them up. But they don't do green flag pits. They don't do yeah, pit stops that, during that's, races. That's the big concern. All that stuff. That's my my thing. So I just feel like this is a rushed effort. I think it'd be better off being a 2024 type thing where you can put it together outside of being last minute. But if it happens, I guess it's exciting for the show because we'll have bumping. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, you don't want to be that that group that puts it all on the line a bit too early. And if it doesn't work out, it just derails you for the foreseeable future. And that's what I worry about with this effort. So this would be the the next one to try to make the jump as far as teams who, who made their IndyCar debuts at the 500 Pruitt pointing out Hunkos, Meyer, Shank, Peretta all did that. So that would be entry number 34. Now, uh, teased on Twitter, IndyCar podcast, the handle possibility of a 36th entry. So there's a lot on how this would come about. So we know that 34 is Able Motorsports. We, we mentioned last week, Pareto Autosport could potentially be that 35th entry. Now, if Able Motorsports doesn't partner with anyone and Pareto doesn't partner with anyone as far as a technical partnership, I mean, that makes it so much harder for these teams, as you mentioned, because that that's how Meyer Shank was really able to have an inside track as far as when they started things out is that partnership. Uh, I think it was initially with Schmidt, right? And then they switched to Andretti or it may have been vice versa. Right. Yeah. And so, man, I mean, we're talking about, could we barely get to 34 now? We're talking about 35, maybe even 36. But to me, man, we're up against it, aren't we? It's mid-April. Stuff really has to start coming if, together. We, we we said last week, by Long Beach, right? Well, Long yes. Beach is this weekend. And if we don't have any of these announcements come Monday morning, the ability I think we're going to have bumping, I mean, is out the window. Right. Um, now, there are other options. So that's 35 would be Peretta. Now, 36 and IndyCar Deep Throat um, messaging me, possibility of 36 entries. And I thought, how? How would that work? Because we know Honda's full. Chevy's not going to do 19 cars to Honda's right. Chevy, uh, Honda's uh, 17. So depends on the driver. Um, but told it would be a Chevy. And then uh, Jimmy Johnson apparently still in the carts. So no really further details beyond that. Could it be that Jimmy Johnson is in a Honda and instead of a, a, a Chevy? Because look, if he, he goes with Chip, Right then, it would make sense. That would be the natural eighteen, right. and I'm sure Honda would be on board with that. That's what I think is what they would add for for Jimmy, right? Yes. So, but IndyCar Deep Throat saying that Jimmy Johnson could be in the cards now. Does like a, a team expand? It's a Chevy team. I I just I don't see not it. for Jimmy. Uh, I don't if Jimmy does you don't the think race, so? even though Jimmy's a Chevy guy. See that no. would. I that think would he be likes, the one exclusion as far as Chevy going beyond. Nah, I'm not worried about engine. I, I think Jimmy Johnson's not going to do it unless he's doing it with a team he's familiar with. And that's Chip Ganassi racing. So that's the other possibility as far as a 36th entry. So we have a couple of teams that play. Look, we know that AJ Foyt mentioned a while back that they could do a third car if they got primary sponsorship for the other two cars. And then they still have ABC supply for the Indy 500. And that would just shift to that third car. So that's a possibility, perhaps. Um and then Dale Coin Racing wanted, you know, wanted the the option, but basically Honda said no as far as them doing right. a third car. So you would think that would probably be out the window. But so between Peretta Autosport, Able Motorsports, Foyt, 
And then I guess a wild card beyond that. That's where we stand as far as getting to 36. Either way, it does sound like there is some momentum and movement for bumping, which is positive. But as you've said, if it's 34, you really want 35 because right. just sending one car home doesn't really do anyone any good. No, especially if it's a fledgling team or a fledgling effort. Like, what are we doing here? So we'll just have to see. But I would say by this weekend, I would say by by this time next week, if there's nothing announced, then, then I don't think anything's going to be announced. I can see them locking up some deals over the weekend and then announcing it early next week. But if we're sitting here this time next week, I think the field is set next week. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. If If you can't get any entries you know announced by this weekend that's probably it i would agree i think maybe maybe some people are using long Beach as at last gasp effort to get somebody uh, a financier on board or a sponsor or an advertiser or it's to lock a deal in uh in this in sunny california and maybe they look at the queen mary in the background and, and the uh the old soviet submarine that they have too which is completely random that uh maybe Wait, they what? fall in love yeah you know that I knew about the Queen Mary. There's, There's a, a Soviet, Soviet submarine. Sub- that, yeah, that's a captured Soviet submarine huh. that sits next to the Queen Mary. Yeah, I I knew that the Queen Mary like actually needed a lot of like renovation and work. And they do like I think they finally reopened it for like visitors because it was like closed, closed because there was like in danger of it like turning over because it was leaking so much water in. So it needs like ten, maybe even a hundred million dollars worth of work to refurbish it. But no, it sits there. Look it up. There's. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know where they got it, but yeah, that's an old Soviet submarine that sits right next to the Queen Mary. You see the Queen Mary in all the shots, yes. but look for the submarine. Uh, yeah, never, never heard about the submarine. So learning yeah. some new things here. I'm going to look it up now because I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, um, I'm wondering how they got it. But um, the Soviet submarine B427 uh, sits at uh, as a museum ship. So you can go in it and everything? Uh, let's see. It fell into disrepair and has been closed to the public since 2015. So it's been sitting there. Um, they're attempting to have the submarine removed at this point. So it won't be there for long. So no. Well, that's sad. Yeah. That story took it's a sad It's just kind of sitting there, apparently. That's weird. Well, anyway, so that... <laughs> Learning new things yes. on the podcast. Yeah, you can't even go in it anymore. Just sitting there. I see. I don't want to see a sub. I want to go in a sub. Have you ever been in a submarine? I don't know if I have. I've been in a couple of submarines, just touring. I've never been on down into a submarine. Yeah, but, no, no. Yeah, I've uh, I've been in a couple. Where Where did you tour one? Oh my gosh, we went to San Francisco. They have uh, the USS uh, Pampanito is there. Uh, there's one in Baltimore that I've went mm-hmm. through. There is one in Alabama by the USS Alabama battleship that I've been through. There is one at the Museum of Science and Industry up in Chicago. I've probably you, been U-505 in 505 is that one. I've probably been in that one. Yeah. So, I don't remember it, but yeah, I've, I've, I've probably been in that. I've probably been in at least four. Now, there is one that's up in the, the UP of Michigan, I guess, that my son's Boy Scout troop, they're looking at visiting, and you can stay overnight in it. Ooh. Yeah, so I think that's something they're going to do this summer. So I've never stayed the night in a submarine, but I could check that off the list. But I've never gone down in a submarine. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Yeah, that'd be kind of nerve-wracking. I'm right? not, like, seriously claustrophobic, but put me in that situation, and I may be. It, when I you know. know that there's no space yeah, to expand. when like, you know you're, you're there's stuck. Yeah. that. 
that's a whole other level. Which then brings us to talking about underwater races for IndyCar. <laughs> yeah, Atlantis, IndyCar, yes, Atlantis. Atlanta, IndyCar, and Atlantis, and and not the the not the Bahamas, Bahamas Resort. Resort. Yes, yeah, no, we're actually talking about the lost city of Atlantis. So hey, what happens first, underwater race or return to Michigan or Hawaiian Super Prix? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Or Boston, for that matter. Yes, true. We can. We can go into that. In fact, we'll have a tidbit about a potential race for next year, but later but on. But not Boston. Yeah, no, not Boston. <laughs> not, not a race in the Northeast. So Indy 500 odds also have come out. Some early odds. Uh, guess who is the favorite so far? I mean, immediately, I think Joseph Newgarden. No, he's third. Pato Award? Yes. Okay. So taking a look at the odds. You bring these Pato up. Pato Award, uh, plus 600. Scott Dixon, plus 650. Joseph Newgarden plus eight hundred, and, and again, if if you're confused, so plus eight hundred is eight to one, right? So to to put it in perspective, uh, Colton Herta plus nine hundred, Scott McLaughlin plus one thousand, Alex Pillow also plus one thousand, Will Power plus twelve hundred, Marcus Erickson plus fourteen hundred, Tony Kanon plus sixteen hundred, Alexander Rossi plus eighteen hundred, Takuma Sato plus two thousand, then you're really stretching. Graham Rahal plus twenty five hundred, Elio plus twenty five hundred. Ed Carpenter, same number. Simon Pagina, plus 3,000. A couple other notables. Grosjean, plus 3,000. Uh, Ryan Hunter-Ray, plus 4,000. Marco Andretti, plus 5,000. And then you're really getting to the, the bottom of the list. But Catherine Legg and Augustine Canapino and Benjamin Peterson, all at plus 20,000. So that's 200 to 1. Yeah. Um. So value-wise, I, I mean... Right. Obviously, I mean, Marcus Erickson's a good value at plus 1,400. Rossi at plus 1,800, I think, is another really good one. Elio at plus 2,500, eh, I don't know. They've, they've struggled. I'd like to, to see how they do on track, you, you know, because it's, just, it's been a struggle for that team to start the year. Yeah, yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, kind of looking at, at the, uh, the overall thing, um, I don't know, where do you see value? Uh, Rossi to me seems like the best value. Yeah, really good team. He's uh, had a, a you know up and down start to the season, but I think that team has been so competitive at Indy, and he's not in a one off. And, and I'm yeah. just I'm not picking a one off. So would you say that Marco Andretti at plus five thousand is a deal? No, no, okay. No, because I mean, what he's shown in recent years, right. I mean, he's he's not even really been that competitive. Would you say that? Okay, I'm going up from the bottom. Is I'm seeing what the what the what the lowest odds or the highest odds maybe um, would be to worth dropping some money on. So would you go with David Malukas at plus four thousand, Ryan Hunter Ray at plus four thousand, Grosjean at plus three thousand? VK at plus 3,000? I mean, Hunter Ray is a former winner, so that doesn't hurt. Now, Dryan Reimold's a good team. Do we believe, though, that they could win it? Like, yes, maybe outside shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the, the one that's the highest, if you will, that I would probably go after just because of the experience. Grosjean plus 3,000 is interesting, but again, you got to... In order to finish first, you must first finish, yes, right? Very Isn't true. that the uh, Rick Mears quote? Yes, so very true. That's the part that I I can't quite get behind with Grosjean. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is once again we saw it at Texas again. Can't finish. 
right? And Ed Carpenter plus twenty five hundred as well. I mean, qualifies well, but I, I yeah. As far as his racecraft, that's been more of a struggle in recent. You know years. who I'd say? Who? Felix Rosenquist at plus twenty five hundred. Yeah, he was right there last year. Yep. At the front, I think that's an interesting pick to look at. And I mean, these are early odds. Obviously, things will change, and we'll know a lot more after next week. At least we think we'll we think we'll know a lot more right. based off results of the open test. Yeah, right. It's coming up next week, but these are an early look at odds. Graham Ray Hall plus twenty five hundred uh, as well. I forgot to mention him, but man, between Pato and Newgarden. And Pillow and Herda. Like if you were to give me those four guys or the field, right? Would you take those four guys to the field? The field. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, see, I think I'd take those four guys. Who would have taken Marcus Erickson last year? No, oh, but he That's wouldn't have true. done that. That's true. Um I'm not saying the 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 winner doesn't come from those that the from the four, but for but I I still like the odds of everybody else. Somebody that's the beauty of the 500. It can be unpredictable. So that's a look at the early odds. And again, these will change greatly throughout the course of the process. Coming up this weekend, we have the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Almost out of habit, you want to say Toyota. You, know? <laughs> you do. But Acura has been the new title sponsor for several years now. Obviously, this is a, a really big event. Uh, second biggest race. I think most people would say on the IndyCar calendar. Uh, we had a, a poll. On Twitter, we'll get to a bit later on in the mailbag as, as far as the debate on that. Obviously, Indy, the, the top race. Taking a look at the weekend schedule this weekend. All times are Eastern here. 6 to 7.15 Eastern is practice one on Friday. Then on Saturday, 11.45 to 12.45 practice two. Uh, qualifying at 3.05 to 4.20 Eastern on Saturday. There will be a warm-up warm from noon to 12.30 Eastern and then the TV broadcast window, 3 to 6, NBC, Peacock, obviously IndyCar Live internationally, Sirius XM, and IndyCar Radio. Uh, you can find your, your station um, through that. But green flag for this one, uh, approximately 3.30. So like, this is a big event. You're going to have, what, 27 cars entered this really kind of separates, I think, some of the good drivers and the, and the great drivers in the field just because of how challenging it is. Right. And it it's, it used to be a track where absolutely you, you got to qualify up front. Yeah. But, I mean, recent years, we've seen guys win from pretty far back in the pack recently. Right. Yeah. So if, if, it's really about, look, it's a two-stop race. It's really about getting the strategy right, putting yourself in position. Now, it's going to help if you start on the pole, but... It's not the end-all, be-all, I think, that w- people make it out to be. Well, any street course, it's all about surviving early. It's another big field, right, with, what, 27 cars entered. So it's all about surviving at first and not being caught up in something and staying out of stuff. But um, at the same time, you look at the last several winners, and you look at Joseph Newgarden, and then you look at Colton Herta, and then uh, Rossi won it back-to-back years, right, in 18 yes. and 19. So um, you got to stay out of trouble early. Don't get caught up in something. Don't go backwards into the flowers, Simon Pagino. <laughs> and then see what you can do and move up through the field. But I think starting up front, close to the front, and not getting caught up in something early are the keys to really being there late. 
Taking a look and speaking of keys, our three key stats, courtesy of Chad 200 on Twitter for Long Beach. 38 of the 47 races have been won by a driver starting in the first two rows. But again, as we've mentioned, last few years, that that's kind of seemed to be more of the exception. Uh, New Garden is last five Long Beach finishes, third, seventh, second, second, first. I mean, you expect to be there for every race. Andretti Autosport, they've won five of the last 12 races here with four different drivers. Impressive. You know what's crazy? Like Mike Conway's won this event twice. Yeah, yeah I know. Right? Isn't that this just is like the most wild thing? In Indy, IndyCar, he, uh, won, he wanted he won Detroit. Oh, he wanted. That's right. He wanted Detroit. Uh, and one of the street, like back when they did double headers there. That's right. But yeah, I was looking he at won an it, eleven and fourteen previous winners, and I thought, wait, Mike Conway is like, yeah, no, he won Long Beach twice. Yeah, not just once. Um, had some wins. Simon's in won IndyCar. this race. Dixon's won this race. Taku has won this race. With power Foy, has won you. this, yeah. Powers won this race, so it's it's just yeah. What Mike Conway did in such a short career, he won with Ed Carpenter. Uh, he, he won a race at Long Beach. He won Detroit in 2013 with Andretti at Long Beach. Uh, so four wins. Uh, he won at Toronto also in 2014 with Ed Carpenter. So two two wins for Ed Carpenter Racing. Uh, but just goes to show you. I, I mean. He was an ace on road and street courses. Oval's not his thing, especially after that big crash at the end of the, what, 2010 500 with Ryan Hunter Ray. But yeah. um, just kind of goes to show you, you can be really good at a track. And he had some really good results at Long Beach over the years, picking up a couple wins. But uh, you look at this race and, and look, qualifying, as we mentioned, is important, but we've seen guys win from mid pack. Right. So like if you're qualifying that top 15 or so, things go your way. Like you can find your way to the front. It's not necessarily like it used to be where you you really wanted to be in the first couple rows. Now that was the past, but now it seems to kind of shift it a bit. Um looking at favorites. I, I mean, for this weekend, how you rule off the truck is so important for every IndyCar race, but especially a track like Long Beach. Yeah. Is it Andretti quick again? They they have a really good street course program. Is this a, a race weekend where you say Colton Herta, Pato Award, uh, enter as the kind of clear-cut favorites? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, but also at the same time, I think there this is a chance for a team to to make a jump or a driver to make a jump. Could I'm not saying Ray Hall, Letterman, Landing is going to be in the picture to win a race, but could they have an improved weekend this week? Can they can't actually come off the trailer, come off the hauler, somewhat competitive and go from there uh could we see uh mclaren finally finish a weekend or pato award finish a weekend right and get a dub so i think there's a, a lot of possibilities here but you, you can't overlook andretti like colton herta has a win here does he come off and 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 dominate again we've seen rossi win twice here could he be the guy for mclaren to get a win so i think there's definite possibilities and then of course you know penske and and ganassi as well Yes, and Colton Herta, very quick around this course. As we mentioned, he's got a win. Felt like he probably should have had a win last year in IndyCar as well uh, at this track, right? Didn't he win the pole last year and then crashed out? So um, this is just a a guy who's he's really quick some weekends, but then you, you, you see mistakes. He's got to cut back on those mistakes. I don't know though. He's so fast here. I'm going to go with Colton Herter this weekend. All right. Uh, I will go with, 
you know what? I'm going to go with Alexander Rossi. Okay, that's a good choice. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rossi. Uh, was snake bitten at Texas and was fast at St. Pete. I think he gets a win. So that's uh, our picks for the race weekend coming up at Long Beach. 85 laps again. 3 o'clock coverage starts about 3.30. The green flag. NBC, Peacock, IndyCar Live, IndyCar Radio, Sirius XM. Plenty of ways to catch the race uh, coming up this weekend. And I think uh, another storyline is can Hunko's Hollinger, you know, keep it rolling? Yeah, two for two, at least in terms of uh, being able to stay out of trouble, which is huge. And then moving up through the field as as attrition mounts. I, I think for, for Hunko's, it's just been a tremendous benefit to be able to finish races and bring back intact cars if they can do that again. This week, Callum Eilat can flirt with the top 10. I think it'd be another successful weekend. So that's our preview of the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. If you agree or disagree with our picks, we'd love for your interaction. You can always find us at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for the email list. It is free to subscribe. You can also check out the store. We have shirts and uh, stickers for sale on the store page. You can support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash NewTrackRecord. Thanks to Xavier, Rob Stitch, and several others for their support each and every month of the podcast. On social media, IndyCar Podcast is the handle on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook, just search for New Track Record. You can always email us, Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And as always, listen to us for free on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Podbean, uh, Player FM. Basically, wherever you find podcasts, you can find us on your favorite podcasting platform. Mailbag time, and we actually do have plenty to dive into this week via the mailbag. Um, A lot of good stuff over the past week or so. Quiet week news-wise, but I think uh, some really good stuff to get to. And we'll start things off this uh, from DC Soda. I'm a bit baffled about the conversation at the start of this episode, talking about last week. Neither driver error or strategy has cost Pato either race. So where does closing come in? Is right there to take the win if the race stays green. Luck is an enormous part of winning a single race. No, I think it's on it's on the driver and the team. Yeah, I, I think I think we're more saying is you have to take advantages where you have a race winning car to actually win races. And he had a race winning car the first two races of the season, yeah. but they're 0 for 2 as and far it, as winning the championship. Right, and it may not be anybody's to blame, but at the same no. time, the t- a team has to close. You have to be able to win races to win championships, and there's only two teams in this series capable of winning championships. And what we've seen out of out of McLaren and, and Pato Ward through the first two races is precisely why, is there's competitive balance in this league, in this series, in terms of being able to win races, but there's no competitive balance and parity in terms of winning championships. It's two teams and effectively a handful of drivers of those two teams. And what we saw out of out of McLaren is precisely why. Not anybody's fault, but you have to maximize your opportunities. Meanwhile, some replies on the possibility of a 36th entry for the Indy 500. Uh Several replies here. Spill the beans, guys. Come on. That's from Hunter's Way 67. Hey, you listen to the episode. We let you know uh, what we know, at least. Uh, We didn't get a whole lot of insight as far as who it could be. Lee J. Walker 4 says, don't see more than 34 engines will be an issue. And don't see Foyt risking bumping themselves. 
I don't know if it, Foyt, see, I think Foyt is an outside player in this. I don't know if they're the primary player. Right. I, I the, the, the comment makes sense because they could conceivably be bumping each yes. other for the race. But as but far as Foyt running a third, that seems to be more of an outside shot. Which I think is smart by Foyt. They don't need to be adding additional cars. They need to be focusing on trying to get their, their two cars actually competitive and in the field if we have more than 33. Hickey 93 said Preda Autosport with Curb, Agajanian, Big Machine, J. Howard Development, In-N-Out Burger Special. If we could only be so lucky. <laughs> All right. In fact, speaking of In and Out, are you are you an In and Out guy? Do you like In and Out? Um, you know what? I don't know if I've ever had In and Out Burger. Okay. Are you an In and Out Burger? Yes. Animal style. Yeah. That's that's what you got to got to got to know. Uh, Four Square Seventy Nine says more news like this, the more likely I am to be at qualifying. About bumping? Yeah. I mean, it does add that's that's the only thing that I'm in is it adds intrigue for the weekend. Does it? Does it add a lot of um, value to the series or for those teams? No, because somebody's going home, and it could be a team that is fledgling and barely puts something together. That's my problem. But, yeah, if we go into qualifying weekend where we're actually having bumping, yeah, I'll definitely enjoy it. I mean, think about 2019 where you had three cars bumped, Alonzo, Pato, and oh, the other Carlin driver, Max Chilton. Yeah. I mean, the, the drama there with Hunkos getting in, Oh, it's exciting. Kaiser. It was great. I, I mean, that was great, right? And we haven't had that ever since. No. Now, again, part of that's due to the pandemic. Right. Don't get me wrong, but to get back to even just 36 entries, which seems to be the cutoff. Feels Herculean to get to 36, yes. doesn't it? Even it, with 27 yeah. full-time cars, it, it, it feels Herculean. Getting to 34 feels hard. Right. It, 33 seems easy, partly because there are so many full-time teams, yeah. but that's adding... also choked off the possibility of one-off entries because right. of that. Yeah, it's uh, it helps the series as a whole, the season as a whole, but it hurts the 500. You effectively only need to add six more cars to get to 33 with the 27 full-times. Now, the one thing as far as the potential 34th with Able Motorsports, well, they have a, a chassis, right? They and a do. spare, and that's the key. Yeah, it's that magical uh, Enerson touch where they have cars to readily to, willing to loan out or at least make a deal with, and that was the deal last year is is teams had spares, they just didn't want to loan them out to anybody. But if you have a car, that means everything. If you have a car and an engine lease, then you're very, very close if you can find money. Run underscore Mark underscore Run uh, watching the Bristol truck race and was wondering, what were the ratings like for IndyCar on Saturday nights? This is great. Have a few beers and watch racing on a Saturday night. Well, outside of the season starting in 2020 at Texas in primetime on NBC, which got really good numbers. Yeah. Um, Pretty bad. Yeah, it was down significantly from last year. I had it on for a little bit. Um, it seemed like a good race by dirt standards, by Bristol standards, but it still didn't capture me. Yeah, it's just not not really a draw. And in twenty twenty was a special situation as far as you know what they were able to get on NBC and the schedule. Look. There weren't many sports on. And IndyCar and NASCAR and F1 were the early returning sports. And that helped. But overall, you're you're not getting IndyCar in primetime on network on a Saturday night probably ever again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unless the Indy 500, unless the Speedway adds lights and there's rain and the 500 has to run at night. Yeah, probably not. Probably not going to happen. All right. Uh, posted a, a poll 
And I thought we'd have some fun with this one. Well, the Indy 500 claims the top spot. What is the second biggest race on the IndyCar calendar? Long Beach, one going away, 73.7%. Road America in second, 14.9%. 7% said St. Pete. 4.4% said other. A few replies. Kyle Conley, 59. St. Pete is making its case. Probably third on the list. That or Toronto. Uh, Folsen Ray said Long Beach is probably the right answer as of right now, but many people don't realize that Road America is a huge and very important event for the series, probably number three on the list. Hickey93 will not accept these results. He's a big Road America guy, <laughs> I know. Uh, big D Cart, uh, Long Beach still has the top spot, but St. Pete is ascending quickly. DC Soda, Road America, because that's the other one I go to. Uh, Matt Embury, Indy GP or Laguna Seca. You said two words, NOLA. Yes. <laughs> It was the anniversary no of that race. For no love. It was the anniversary of that race uh, earlier this week. We, we uh, all know how well that one went long in 2015. Suffering. Here's my thing with now, how did you word that question? I, I said... The second biggest... While the Indy 500 claims the top spot, what is the second biggest race on the IndyCar calendar? Okay, second biggest race. I find a difference between event and race. Indy 500 is number one in both. Yes. I would say the second biggest event on the IndyCar schedule is Long Beach. Now, is it the second biggest race? I would say no. Uh, what now, would you what, put in that slot? Uh, I would probably put... Oh, Road America? Okay. I uh, think look. up to a couple years ago, I would have said Gateway. Mm-hmm. Now it's Road America. I think I think in terms of race, race Road America is the second biggest race of the season. I would, uh, to me, you have Indy in its own tier, Long mm-hmm. Beach in its own tier. And I think the argument after that, you could go through several tracks. Um, you could argue that it's Road America. You could argue that it's St. Pete. You could argue that it's Mid-Ohio. You can even argue that it's Barber. I mean, all those right. tracks have, have pretty established on the IndyCar calendar. I know Road, Road America's a bit newer as far as the return, but right. you know, the history there. But all of them have... Big crowds are viewed as as big events, not just for IndyCar, but also in those communities. Um, or for, I mean, Mid Ohio is around nothing essentially, right. but it's still a big event. It draws a huge crowd. And then, you know, as you said, Gateway could, could it would have been that until a couple of years ago. Um, is Iowa going to be that? You know, how do they do in year two of this return? I think that's another fascinating thing to see. I think Long Beach is is a big event. It's a huge event. I just don't know how many people are diehard IndyCar fans that are going to Long Beach. There are some, and we have listeners, and it's great. I just don't know if the majority of people are there for the racing or for the actual event, for everything else that's going on, um, just the atmosphere, the environment. It's great, Long Beach. We haven't been. We keep getting invited. We need to go. Yeah, Hunter's Way 67 said, Long Beach, they don't call the Indy 500 of street races for nothing. When are you guys getting out for it? And he also was at the uh, 100 Days to Indy. Yeah, the premiere. Premiere. So. Yeah, but I feel like. Very jealous. In terms of racing, in terms of pure IndyCar love of the racing, to me, it's Road America. It used to be Gateway. Right now, it's Road America for me. I would agree. This from Zaxi8771. As a St. Louis resident, I really hope IndyCar believes in their growth and can stomach cup leeching some of the crowd for a few years as it's new. Really do believe it'll balance out if they can see it through. I know a lot of that lies with the sponsor too, though, talking about the gateway race. Yeah, this seems like a pivotal year for the gateway race. 
And I'm not going to lie. I do feel a little, a little bit nervous about its future on the 2024 calendar. That's why people are like, oh, more ovals, more ovals. We're like, we, all the ovals that IndyCar adds are basically replacing yes. ovals. You lose Phoenix and you add Iowa, basically, wasn't it? Or yeah, whatever. And now you're talking maybe losing Gateway and adding. I know it was lose Phoenix, add Gateway. Right, lose Phoenix at Gateway. Now it's maybe at lose Gateway at Milwaukee, and it's like you're not gaining anything. There's no net gain, and and that's the thing. And for several years, it was oh look at Gateway. They're the pinnacle of what you need to do to get butts in the seats for IndyCar and ovals. They do everything right. The minute they got Cup, it was everybody was going to Cup, and the attention went to Cup. And you can't blame Gateway for that because the money is in NASCAR. It didn't help that, as always, IndyCar takes a su- successful oval event and they jerk around with the schedule. <laughs> yeah, true. So they moving go, uh, it from a night race to a day race to changing the date around. A li- now, they kept the date largely consistent, but moving it from a night race to a Saturday and then the doubleheader and then no doubleheader. It, yeah, but I, I mean, uh, COVID confusing. had problems with that, yes. too. COVID threw a lot of stuff into balance. And then they dealt with weather, too. I mean, they dealt with weather. rain delay, yeah. what, last year? And it was a good finish to the race, but it was yeah. so rain delayed. It was finishing at, like, what, like midnight or after midnight? Yeah, so, it was bad. So uh, That's hard, at but, least Eastern time. But the biggest factor is is getting cup, and that's the goal of Gateway. Everything that they did for IndyCar was nice and all, but they wanted to put on a first-class show to allure the biggest game in town, and that's NASCAR. And they've been able to do that. Mission accomplished. Now they're going to cater to the organization and the race that pays all the bills, or at least the majority of the bills, and that's Cup. And I, yeah, I can't blame Gateway or any track for doing that. It's frustrating, but it's reality, and that's kind of where we're at. I'll be curious as Chase Elliott returns for Cup See if the this ratings weekend. Go up. Yeah, if the ratings go a lot, because he is the young star, kind of the draw. I know that Kyle Larson's up there and you obviously still have Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin, but uh, Chase Elliott is the star and IndyCar kind of needs like that one guy who kind of trans transcends the sport and even motorsports. And is that Pato award? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Uh, he's, I feel like the closest they have to that right now. Uh, some other uh, comments on the mailbag for us. So, uh, run underscore Mark underscore run uh, saw this and, and tagged us. I wonder if the guys at IndyCar podcast could use this ad to help their push to get people to subscribe to Peacock for the Toronto race. And this courtesy of champ car forever. Um, they had back in the day. I didn't know this. You could uh, get access to the Kmart IndyCar radio network. It was broadcasted live, but for $30 a race, if you called 1-800-846-4700. So $30 a race for the radio broadcast? Yes, because a lot of the races were tape delayed back in the day. That's you got to remember. So that's like, when was this? In the 90s. 90s? So that's like the equivalent of like, what, do you, what would you say? Like 70 bucks now? Uh, $62, uh, they pointed out. That's Man. the 2023 equivalent. So $5 a month for Peacock with all the practice and qualifying a bargain to that option for a radio yeah. broadcast let's in say, the 90s. Let's say right now, tomorrow, 
things changed and every race was tape delay and you had to pay $62 for the radio live radio broadcast. Would you pay the $62? <laughs> no, me neither. No, I don't. I don't think so. Me neither. But, uh, you, you know what? The, the, this is funny talking about tape delay and everything. So my dad, uh, on vacation for a couple of weeks, uh, spring break and all that, and didn't watch the Texas race live. Okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't watch the, te- he did not watch the Texas race till last Sunday, completely in the dark about what happened. I told him it was a good race and you need a particular six, final 60 laps, blah, 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 but no idea what transpired. And that's good if you're trying to avoid things, you know, spoilers and everything. But of course, bad for the series not being. Yeah. If you're not on the live plus tape delay, like two day, it doesn't count in the rating or right. whatever. But you're, he, 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 and I, I tell you, he didn't have to go out of his way too much to avoid seeing who won. That's just kind of where IndyCar is in this, this sports landscape right now. Yeah. If you're not seeking it out. Yeah. You want to know. You're not going to find it. Yeah. For but sure. yes, have your Visa or MasterCard standing by. You can listen to the actual live broadcast. Do you accept American Express? Uh, they do not, I don't uh, think, which is no a bummer Amex. for me. But uh, yeah, uh, and, and motorsports journalists can apply for press accounts in advance. There's Ooh. a separate number. So wow. 1-800-846-4700, select number two, access number 4639. Which we should. What we indie. should do is we should call that live on the podcast and yes. see what it is now. <laughs> I'm sure it's, <laughs> sure it's not that. So either way, it just goes to show you the bargain that Peacock is. And again, the Toronto race, I get it. Everyone's going to be upset and everyone's going to complain. But that's that was the alternative back in the day. The, the races weren't even live. Yeah. They weren't and now even you're live. complaining about $5 fees a month for Peacock. Yes. Anyway, that wraps because, up. Because that's, you know, back in my day, I mean, the 90s were kind of the heyday of yes. of, of the sport, right? And, and the races the were, were not even all live. Right. <laughs> People. Oh, that, I mean, and this may have been the 80s. I don't, I don't know. There was not like an exact year, but looking at the cars in the picture, it looked like the 90s. It would have been late 80s, early 90s. So that just kind of goes to show you how things have changed, even when that was the peak, right? The 80s and 90s of cart yeah. were thought of as the peak. Right. I know people before would say the 60s were the peak, you know, with Graham, uh, Graham Hill and, you know, all those guys uh, and Jim Clark coming over. I'd accept either argument, but either way. Yeah. A lot of progress since then. Okay, time for news and notes and several items on the agenda list. First off, from Adam Stern, he had a couple of things here, but the Milwaukee race still under consideration. He reported that IndyCar remains in talks with state and local leaders in Wisconsin and Milwaukee about possibly bringing a race back to do the Milwaukee Mile per people familiar. I think my fear is that race would just go on and replace Gateway falling off the schedule. And they'd pair it with the Trucks Weekend, which is coming up around the same time in late August. Right. Yeah, which uh, I, I feel has helped. It helped Texas a little bit. You, you can't say it didn't in terms of having trucks there again. So I, I imagine it would it would help out Milwaukee both uh, on both sides, trucks and IndyCar. So I think that that's the the real concern is that you, you know you lose one to gain one, and you know that's that the game really, we play, right? Is that really helping anything yeah. out? I mean, they'll have the the ARCA Midwest Tour in mid June at the Mile. And then the Craftsman Truck Series coming up August 27th. 
So I think what we need gateway on the schedule is I'm going to check the date here. August 27th. Huh? Go figure. I think what you want to see from gateway is, is a concerted effort to have a re uh, refocus on IndyCar, not taking anything away from your hype about cup, but it's starting to go away. Okay. Yes. You've had cup. It'll be year three this year. Yeah. Then have cup. All right. That, that novelty is wearing off. We know you have cup and we know you want to broadcast it now that, Hey, look at us. We have NASCAR. Now people know. Okay. So kind of like, let's, let's start refocusing a little bit more on IndyCar and, and not taking anything away from cup, you know, but you also need to start marketing it. Look at Texas. People will moan and groan that, yeah, there was still a hell of a lot, lot of empty seats, but Actually, there was more people two, there. Year two of cup. Just year two? Yeah. Okay. So even then, maybe we get to a point where they can stop uh, broadcasting all the time about it. Yeah. I, we get it that you have cup, but um, I understand year one, year two, it should drop off a little bit. Year three, definitely. But we've seen Texas with, with the new track president kind of making a more concerted effort for IndyCar and marketing because it helps them, of course. They want butts in the seats. So I think Gateway needs the same approach. Could it be too late, at least for the short term? Maybe IndyCar goes away for a couple of years and comes back. I don't know. But I think that's what we need to see. We need to see a refocus for IndyCar at Gateway. Meanwhile, IndyCar, Alexander Rossi, part of the White House Easter egg roll earlier this week. Um, pretty big event that they do every year at the White House. Uh, 145 years of the event. So Decent. Rossi, IndyCar, and PitFit even there as well. So um, pretty good event to get in front of a lot of kids for IndyCar. And speaking of the Indy 500, uh, Aero McLaren is going to announce their specialty livery series for the 107th Indy 500. That will take place April 14th. So we're recording this Thursday morning. So unfortunately, we won't be able to have a look at it uh, until next week for the podcast. Uh, speaking of Aaron McLaren drivers, Pato Award and Joseph Newgarden, as far as their battle at Texas, Rose of Three tweeting that the two laps prior to the yellow that ended the race, Pato beat Newgarden to the line by less than 15 thousandths of a second. Man, would have been a crazy ending, wouldn't it? Yes. Connor Daly out at the LA Kings game ahead of the uh, Long Beach uh, race weekend, so he got to sit on the Zamboni. Didn't drive it, though. So I did see a no picture. He didn't there. get to drive it. He just yeah. like sat on the like the rear seat or whatever that faces the, the yes. other way. Yeah. Uh, Indy forty four uh, mentioning that uh, Kevin Lee reported the IndyCar test at IMS will be streamed on Peacock. That's positive news. That'd be nice. Expect that. Uh, also, Detroit got a couple of tidbits on this event. Half the viewing areas will be free for the Detroit GP. That's not a surprise. That's that was kind of part of their plan of moving it back to downtown. Never been a profit maker giving back to the city is something I find interesting. So yes, they may not be making a profit, but with the expansion of moving away from bell Isle, Bud Dinker of Penske expects 70 corporate suites at this year's race compared to 23 last year. It is very much a business. Um, That's how you make money. Yeah. It's like, it's a business driven race in the sense that Penske uses it to uh, basically schmooze people and corporate people and all that stuff. And basically he has to give back to Detroit and, and the city and all that for general motors and all that stuff. So I get it. Uh, but it's, it's, it's just like a different philosophy approaching that race as opposed to others. It doesn't necessarily need to make, make money to be a success. And that's how Roger Penske can, can approach things. Now people will say, well, why can't he do the same thing with the IndyCar series? But 
That's a separate conversation. <laughs> You'd have to ask Roger about that. Uh, speaking of Detroit, Shinola, which is a, a design brand. They make watches. They're returning as the official sponsor and timekeeper of the race. They'll sell a new limited edition watch, and they'll give watches to the winner, podium finishers, and the pole sitter. So that's pretty cool. Have you heard of that watch brand? I have, yeah. yeah. So that's it. It's pretty legit deal right there. All right. Tweets of the week time. Just one tweet. Alexander Rossi tweeted, what does it mean when your fortune cookie is missing a fortune? Uh-oh. Yeah, that's... Is that bad or good? I think it's good. Because um, you can't be let down by a true, bad fortune. Right. I would imagine so. I would say it's a good thing. I know. That's just me. I, I get that you could go either way. Yeah. You, has that ever happened to you? Uh, I think it's happened to me before. I don't think so. I've not opened very many fortune cookies in my time. I'm not a big uh, Chinese food guy. But uh, no, I, I, no fortune is better than a bad fortune. Say that. Yes. Right? That's No luck is better than bad luck? Yes. Same thing? That is absolutely true. All right. Time now for our random split air driver of the week. All right. We're going to the fertile ground of 2003 cart. It was the final season of the series. And we're going with Alexander. I don't know if it's Jung or Loon. We're going to go with Alex Jung, who raced in Formula One for a couple of years with yes. Minardi. Is that correct? Uh, he was in F1, yes, with, uh, let's see here, uh, Minardi for one year. Well, yeah, Minardi for both seasons. Not, he, uh, not full seasons, though. He was in cart in 2003, started the season with Dale Coyne Racing, and raced at Monterey, Long Beach, and Brands Hatch, and the 2003 German 500, of course. That's at infamous. the Lausitz ring. Yes. With Euro Speedway. Infamous, infamous for Alex Zarni's return. Uh, to champ I, I finally started that book that you uh, <laughs> gave oh, me. Oh, did you? Rapid Response. It's so good. I finished the Rainy Lanier book, yeah. which was interesting, and then uh, I hope to read Rapid Response and get that finished definitely the, by the end of this month. And then I'll probably do my yearly reread of Beast. There you go. So Is it every year you read reread Beast? Uh, or? Maybe not every year, but I've read it multiple times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Alex Jung, he raced for Dale Coin Racing in those four races and uh, his top finish of ninth at um, Monterey in Mexico, which was also his first race. And that was it. He was four races and done racing the Lola Ford for Dale Coin Racing in 2003. After that, he moved on and raced in... Uh, man, where did he go after that? He raced in uh, some A1 Grand Prix uh, and then did some Le Mans. As well, some V8 supercars, some Scott McLaughlin racing with V8 supercars. But he did Formula One before he did kart, correct? 2001, 2002? Yes. So left Minardi and then went to kart. Now, the 2003 kart season features so many different things. One, the hilarious name, Bridgestone presents the Champ Car World Series powered by Ford. Yes. So that was the, the official name. Uh, branding for the series that year. So they had lost Honda and Toyota to the IRL for the 2003 season. So it was just Cosworth is the exclusive engine supplier. And it was branded uh, as Ford first season since 93 that didn't feature Michael Andretti. Paul Tracy's the champion rookie of the year, Sebastian Bourdais. He 
he turned out to be pretty good. Decent. And Cart went bankrupt after this season. So a lot of change, a lot of turnover. Andretti and that team had left. Pinsky had left. Ganassi had left. It was Newman Haas players. You had Herdez, Walker Racing, uh, Fittipaldi, Dingman Racing. Team Ray Hall was still there with Michelle Jordan Jr. Uh, Dale Coyne Racing still there. American Spirit Team Johansson, uh, which had Ryan Hunter Ray and Jimmy Vassar. And then PK Racing, which is early, you know, that eventually became Calcoven Vassar, KV yeah. Racing and IndyCar, KVRT. Patrick Racing, Rocket Sports, MyJack Conquest, and Fernandez. So yeah, and a, it was kind of a, a transition year. A lot of changes came after that. And a veritable hue, who's who of random split era drivers oh, yes. of the week. Yes. Plenty more to, to discuss just in CART 2003. And uh, it featured some interesting races. Uh, it was the first year for St. Pete's. Uh, Ryan Hunter A got his first career win in Australia. Uh, just a, a wild season, but Alex Young, our random split air driver of the week and again this this is paul tracy's year but to think that that's his only championship it's kind of hard to believe right i mean yeah, he right? won what 31 races in his career and he won let's see one two three four five six seven races this season and he was dominant just wild so a good performance from him all right anything else that we missed I don't think so. I think we're just looking forward to a, a nice re- week race weekend in Long Beach. Let's get at it. Yes. After, you know, it, it feels like we had like forever off, but because it was such a quiet couple right. of weeks in between, it, hasn't it, been almost, it, it almost feels as long as the month gap between St. Pete and Texas. Yeah, I know true. that's just me, but it, it's been oddly quiet. Now, I'm sure we'll have a lot of news probably come Friday and Saturday at Long Beach. If there's anything any 500 related this is where a lot of teams will announce it. Yep, I think we expect some announcements. Maybe a 500 announcement officially, or at least something coming together and being announced early next week. If we can get to 34, I think this is a right around the time that we're going to hear about it. All right, so next week we'll be back and we'll recap the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Also get you set for the IMS Open Test for the Indy 500 that's coming up later next week that's all to come for justin kinney i am caleb hatch thanks for joining us on another edition of new track record podcast podcasts by federated media